This show was brought to you by Ouch My Ego. OuchMyEgo.com Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode. A spooky episode. Kind of, well, I don't want to skip ahead. But around this time, usually we drop a bunch of... Not a bunch. I mean, I used to do two episodes a month. I had to cut back because I'm only one man. And editing and all that stuff is daunting. So, in the past, the spooky time movies were... You can go back and listen to them, the episodes. Neon Maniacs, Return to Oz, Maximum Overdrive, if you can consider that a horror movie. I don't know. It's whatever. Uh, House 2, Freaks of Nature, and the Waxwork Duology. And today, to talk about our next spooky time. I mean, I mean, we have a bunch of spooky time stuff, too, throughout the rest of the year, because weird movies are typically spooky, right? So, here today is Andrew Hawkins from Hello. the podcast Freaky Fandoms. Yeah. Who, he, this isn't just a favor. This dude's a... a movie brain right yeah so he had me on his show so i'm reciprocating but he's a movie brain so it, it, we're not just trading is what i'm saying <laughs> trading guest spots so andrew what is up freaky fandoms what the heck is that freaky fandoms is our show that we do regularly about fandoms that are a little bit esoteric or on the fringe and it ranges from movie fandoms to music to literature art gaming and even general topics like if we want to talk about social stuff or even sexuality sometimes but it's me and my wife deborah and we've been doing it together for over a year now and we have been having a lot of fun with it very well and you had me on just to speak in a general sense about what i do and other topics that just randomly came up well you were on so, uh, for one of our art shows because we bring yeah, on yeah. a lot of artists like chet Sar, a bunch have, of dark art yeah shane isakowski april dickerson I'm slightly macabre, right? But I'm not quite the dark art that you explore, so as a departure. You draw monsters so sometimes. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I mean it's Halloween macabre, stuff. but it's not it's not the painterly, you know, things that you typically go for as all. Well. But you aren't just a podcaster, you're a writer. Yes, yeah. Have been for over a decade now, thanks to my mentor Nick Nunziata. Is this a, a fiction writer? Is this a film writer where you do essays on films? What kind of writing yeah film writer um i started off with guy.com uh doing basically essays and news on general topics and you know uh subjectively cool stuff and then i went on to chud.com which was run by nick nunziata and i started off with him doing a lot of film reviews essays editorials interviews and news so i sort of jumped right into the middle of entertainment journalism online world when everybody was getting into it. But I've been doing that for over a decade now, and I've actually got some really fun, uh, cool interviews on the way this week for Three From Hell. Oh, cool. Yeah, I talked to Bill right. Mosley and uh, Richard Brake. Those guys are great. All right. Well, I mean, that's going to be dated. It's going to it's gonna be come out, you know. Well, for time just... travelers listening, they can... Okay, there yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> and uh, apparently, according to just a few minutes ago, yeah. uh, on a conversation part that we had off air, you said that you were producing 
films? Yes, so I have a couple of uh, producer credits that I initially got through just throwing down on Kickstarter campaigns. Oh, but okay. But I have work coming now that is gearing up for production, which I'm pretty excited for. And I also just took a trip to Prague to do some on-camera and microphone work for the um, upcoming documentary on someone I greatly admire who I've worked with before. I don't want to give too much away because there hasn't been any release info, but it's one okay. of the most uh, world-renowned surrealist animators of uh, all time. So I was very, oh, very happy so to So Jan Svankmeyer. Uh, hmm. Allegedly. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Not the Brothers Quay, because why would they be in Prague? Exactly, hmm. exactly. So hmm. you, you can take those pieces and put them together. But yeah, um... I was really proud to be able to uh, get involved with uh, his final feature film, Insect, and uh, I just went out to do a little follow-up stuff. So there should be some announcements coming here for possibly this spring. But for my independent stuff, it's all in Spokane. Mainly the day-to-day -day is writing and doing shows like this. And we just did Four Brains, One Movie on Della Marte Della Moria, which was fantastic. Four Brains, One Movie. That's a podcast. I don't believe I've been on, but I've been on the spin-off of that, which is 26 movies from hell done one episode with you the xanadu episode mm -hmm. and i've been on the c episode where i introduced the world to crime wave yeah yeah that's the one that uh just got released with you and lb right yeah and you know lb sometimes makes an appearance on this show when she needs to fill in when i don't have any other guests or john isn't available or whatever so usually this show has i guess very few guests and the rest of the year is john or lb depending on mm. and the guests are very few because, you know, I'm picky. So, you're special. Yeah. All right. You're here because, well, what did we just watch? Oh, we just watched Spookies. That's weird. Happy birthday, Billy. Mama. 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 Come on, Megan. It's spooky as hell inside. <laughs> So, in 1984, there was a movie that came out during the summer, and it played for forever into the winter, but it was a Christmas movie, and it was called Gremlins. Mm -hmm. So then, all of Hollywood and indie horror movie makers decided, okay, so you have a thing called Gremlins, we have to have some sort of cute monster to cash in on. So there was... Ghoulies. The classic. The Willies. Munchies. Any other ones than that? I, I would say know? Troll maybe falls into that because the way that Troll plays out, you do eventually get a pretty fun sing-songy moment of a lot of uh, little creatures designed by John Carl Buechler. Right. Troll. And then Troll 2, of course, the sequel. <laughs> Which uh, but, just went um, in a totally different direction and to some people yeah. is arguably a classic. Yeah, and it's, it's just, I don't like it. <laughs> It's a very cynically made film. It's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You can listen to an old Neon Maniacs episode. We talk about that a little bit. But when did this movie actually start production? Spookies? Oh, yeah. God. Wasn't it 84? I, I would assume because it 
came out in 86. It yes. started pretty soon after Gremlins got big, I would imagine. And the thing is, it doesn't seem like it started off with the idea to focus mainly on little creatures. It seemed more like it was a riff on something like Witchboard. Witchboard? Uh, the old... Uh, Witchboard are you talking about? <laughs> the old, the old uh, evil Ouija board movie that came out from, I think, Kevin S. Tenney, who uh, did Night of the Demons. See this, everybody. Look, or listen, Hawkins here, Andrew Hawkins. We're two Andrews, I have to differentiate. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like this IMDB of horror and, and genre. <laughs> more than i am i try to be like i there there was a point in my history where i worked at a blockbuster mm-hmm. and i was imdb before imdb so my store people would just send them to me hey do you have this uh movie where it's a white colonial guy running across africa naked yes naked prey no we don't have it oh you know <laughs> so yeah i had that at my store i think we had this conversation i was a hollywood video guy <laughs> And before then, (laughs) I was, like, always scouring the horror aisle in my local video store behind the grocery store. But the thing is, there came a point in my life where I just decided to not keep a lot of the information and only keep some of it, (laughs) right? And I think you've somehow been able to hold on to the a lot of it. It's it's been all writing. If it wasn't for the Chud family, I would probably have dumped tons of this stuff out of my head years ago. All right, all right. So, okay. That's the difference between the two of us. Uh, other than our voices were nearly indistinguishable yeah (laughs) (laughs) different last names same first name we both like genre stuff you know more so this one started in 84 what i know about it is that it's like kind of a hodgepodge yeah they had a film and then they had to add to it i guess it's got three directors three screenwriters and two dps so it was obviously two separate productions two wouldn't it be three separate productions i i know what you're saying yeah Um, it's it's a mess <laughs> well, walk us through this mess, sir. <laughs> so, when you watch the film, you are given the story of basically three things going on, not really linearly, but kind of interconnected to a point, and then it seems very forced. You've got the gang going to the haunted house to have an overnight party come on you guys the night's a long way from over man i'm looking for another party me too (laughs) which turns into one of the main possessed by the evil ouija board spirit you've got this overseer who lives in the attic with his dead sleeping wife that's in a coffin darling isabel i can wait no longer the final foolish victims will be here very soon and then once again we shall be together for all time. Who's kind of the This is the Doctor Freeze. Well, he's Doctor Freeze storyline. Yeah. Except she doesn't want to have anything to do with him. Not at all. At, and she's and not Dr. really Freeze, dead. Doctor Freeze. Well, is she, is she a ghost? It's it's kind of difficult because I think his evil's keeping her alive. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get. To and then it. the last thing is the runaway kid. I have plans. Big plans. Who has the evil birthday party where he gets killed and buried alive. So it's a total, just like you said, hodgepodge of putting everything into a fucking blender. Now it starts with the kid. It does. He's hanging out under a tree and there's this guy there being a creep. Kind of like taunting him. Yeah. Sort of. So why'd you leave your folks anyway? No reason. Your folks. 
forgot your 13th birthday. What makes you say that? Just condescending him. Not really taunting him. Condescending him. <laughs> oh, it's your birthday, huh, kid? The big day. Come give an old man a light. I mean, yeah, that's all the dialogue. It's so quotable. It's really weird, though. Like, what's this guy doing hanging out by the tree? I get the kid hanging out by the tree. He ran away, but what's this guy? And what's odd about this scene is that, so I'm new to this film, relatively. I have. I typically want one of us to have not seen it for a very long time, but I saw this for the first time last year. Nice. And this is my second time viewing it. And that guy, the first time, when he drops off camera, it seems that he turns into this cat man. Yeah. But uh, upon second viewing, uh, a more hawk-eyed viewer, such as yourself, Hawk, <laughs> is this play on your last name? Man, damn it. Uh, would notice that he just basically got snapped in the neck or something, or gets yanked off and yanked off camera. Sorry, PG-13. Right. I can't be Bradley Cornish about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, he gets yanked off camera and killed, slashed, I guess. But that's... Yeah, it, it's kind of... The editing makes it confusing as heck. But he plops into the camera and you're like, oh, he's dead. Oh. You know, really, really, that's the theme of the whole movie. The editing does make it confusing as heck. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The editing throughout the entire movie, I mean, just that scene alone is kind of, you know, turn your head and go, huh? But... Well, well oh. see, I... I might have blinked the first time and not seen him laying on the ground for that one second. It's possible. All you have to do is look down and, you know, it's blink and you'll miss it for sure. But this this cat guy apparently is Mr. Freeze's servant. Uh, he's credited as Creon's servant. And I think it's supposed to be maybe a play on Thriller? I get the impression that it's kind of a, I don't know, Michael Jackson-y kind of character kid. Well, he's wearing a gold satin vest. Yeah, and he's wearing like that. Like the same kind of boots that Michael Jackson wore in the music video for Bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, we can't be too obvious about it so give him the boots give him a bowling jacket but like gold and like cut the sleeves off or i just do something that makes him look flashy yeah but also he's just a blonde white guy with cat makeup exactly just like the the spooky reveal at the end of thriller that's exactly what they were going for the thing about this too is that there are so many influences that they're pulling from to make this kitchen sink of a movie that barely works on like a structure level and we can so get to that I'm, but oh man yeah well i mentioned earlier freaks of nature that was one that we did last year mm. uh in september as a primer for the waxwork show so freaks nice. of nature is initially called kitchen sink okay that was the script because it was everything in the kitchen sink thrown into this script there were zombies vampires werewolves aliens Werner herzog what it's a thing i don't think i've seen this one and is this an 80s oh, no it's a beautiful movie it's one of the greatest of its kind and very few people know about it anyway yeah, i'm looking Sony that one up. out which is just weird yes um it's great, and I suggest you watch the movie before you listen to the show. Okay. But it's great, and it's called Kitchen Sink, and the thing that's great about it is that it's coherent. <laughs> it's coherent. <laughs> that always helps. Yeah. I should say w among the things that are great about it, because this movie, you just said Kitchen Sink, and yes, I agree, it's a Kitchen Sink film, especially with how many directors and writers worked on it. Mm -hmm. And all the different... It is incoherent. Like props different puppets different kills like it, it's just trying to be everything it's totally a haunted house like that you would go to at the county fair now this kid ends up running into the haunted house 
and there's a party set up for him. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming he's never been to this location. And he immediately thinks that there's a surprise party for him there at that location. Hey, surprise party. So you didn't forget after all. This is really great. You can come out now. There's a lone robot toy mm -hmm. walking around. Maybe maybe a little and, nod to Poltergeist. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it also reminded me of another episode I did with Dan Pullen oh, did you guys called do Making Contact. Making Contact. I was going to ask if it was demonic toys, but what's Making Contact? Oh my god, another one that you don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yes! No, you're, you're getting me on a few of these. <laughs> Okay, making contact. I have my uh, we have another show. Yeah, you have to absolutely watch the movie. It's an '80s. It feels like if it was made now, it'd be like you'd roll your eyes with how much '80s it is. Okay, but it's made by Roland Emmerich, oh. who is trying to emulate Spielberg poltergeist ET type movies. Wonderful. It's got a haunted doll. It has an alternate dimension. It has a bunch of Goonie type bastard kids, <laughs> and. <laughs> A kid named Joey. Like a brood? And, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not that bad. Okay. Not that bad. They're Goonies. They're like Goonies. They're like a bad gang gotcha. of kids. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and they're trying to taunt Joey. But there's also some robots moving around scenes. Mm. And there's an AT-AT walker, a toy, <laughs> that starts shooting lasers at a kid. It's good. This movie is great. Okay. That sounds wonderful. I'm so, I'm so, you didn't see my triumphant because you can't, but I had this triumphant pose when you're like, what's making content? I love <laughs> the it. The arms up, head raised to the sky. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Army of Darkness Italian poster. That's, that was me. I love it. <laughs> so that's what it reminded me of. This little lone robot toy. I like to say robot, robot. Yeah. Because yeah. it's funny. So this toy just moves and then he puts it on a chair and then goes about it. You know, who is, who's. I'm going to open up the get. And then the robot is back on the ground. And he's like, that's actually the best acting in the movie. <laughs> Where he just looks at the floor, looks at the chair, shrugs. <laughs> it's like totally realistic when you like, you have no way to explain it, but it's pretty harmless. Yeah. It's not that spooky. I think it's throwaway. That's how we is, would all uh, behave. Eh, that was pretty funny. Okay, I'm going to open my presents. <laughs> like, he's intentionally inflecting his voice for the people who are hiding to hear, even though it's obvious that it's a real, like, death trap horror setup, which clearly he's yeah, never so seen before. How does the cat guy come into play? Uh, he was chased to the house, and then... Well, he runs out of the house after he sees Creon's head in the present that he assumes is a bowling ball. So as soon as he runs back through the graveyard out into the woods, the uh, cat guy is uh, in hot pursuit. But the whole time, yeah, he's okay. like lurking around, watching him through the windows. I want to go to the box again. The yes. Box. Let's get back the to the reveal of Mr. Freeze. So Mr. Freeze, Creon. <laughs> Cryon? Cryogenics? Cryon? It's, Cry it's all Cry related. Cry Cryo? It all feeds into Batman? the same cycle. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> so, Mr. Freeze magics his head into a box to give the kid the creeps? Yeah. It's like a, the dumbest prank. It doesn't really... I don't know. Is he Beetlejuice? What is this? Right? This is pre-Beetlejuice. This is the inspiration for Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. It's not. I hope not. No. No. But, yeah, I just I just wanted to make comment on that, how, how dumb... That was? Yeah, it... The head in the box? It reminds me of Night of the Demons 2, where the characters, once they've been possessed and become demons, they can take their heads off and, like, throw them at people, and... Also, it's kind of like, uh, Labyrinth. Those, those are the characters Labyrinth. from Labyrinth who take their heads off and try to, uh, kill Sarah. Yeah. Right. It might be, uh, Jim Henson's influence. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not a big Labyrinth fan, and that came out later. Sure. So... 
then this is just a, a pioneering uh, effect gag that they did. But it's so it's poorly the inspiration done, too. for Seven, actually. Oh, it's the insp- no. inspiration for Seven. <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, okay. That's a young dumbest. Fincher is watching this going, I need to write this down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I'm I need to write it down. And we are watching this. It's perfect. He calls up Andrew Walker. What's his name? Andrew something? He's another Andrew. He's the guy who wrote Seven. Yeah, yeah. I don't really know you. I have this note. I don't know you. Yeah. We're not going to meet for another like 10 years or 8, maybe 15 years. I don't know. Sure. But you need to write this down, Andrew. <laughs> and write it. Pen ready. Head and box. <laughs> Put it on a post-it note on your refrigerator. Why did I write this? Head in a box. Head in a box. Hmm. What's in the box? And then quotations. The perfect ending. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So enough riffing. Yeah. Yeah. So the kid uh, ends up being chased by Catboy. Mm-hmm. Catboy knocks him into an open grave, <laughs> which fresh, freshly dug grave. And then instead of like taking the the shovel or just rending him to shreds or anything like that, he just starts covering him with dirt. And this kid is the most useless human <laughs> at this point. There's no strive for survival other than running away. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I'm in the pit. It's not very deep. It's like two and a half feet. And then he gets dirt thrown on him and he just kind of wriggles. He doesn't even go like, oh, I don't even want it on my face. It's just arms just slightly move. Yeah, he's barely making any effort. It's just kind of right back and forth. It's like that. But, you know. Is this dirt made out of antimatter? Don't don't sit up. <laughs> that's that's the direction that he got for this scene was no matter what you do, pretend like you don't have the ability to sit or lift yeah. yourself out of a two-foot hole. Yeah. So <laughs> Par- Paralyzed with fear, I think, is what they were maybe. going for. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Uh, also, Dr. Freeze, I gotta say, Dr. Freeze speaks through a PVC pipe. Yeah. He doesn't literally. But <sighs> the vocal effect is like when you're a kid and you have one of those oversized PVC pipes. Not that super thin ones, but the ones that are a little bit bigger so your lips can actually fit into it. Mm-hmm. And you just talk. Yeah, just a little bit do of your that Darth Vader impressions. echo tube effect going through to the end. No matter what you do. Yeah, and I love his makeup too. He looks like the worst test makeup for F. Murray Abraham and Amadeus. He's just okay, terrible. Yeah, I see it. I see what you're saying. It's really dusty and dumb. Yeah. At one point, he he does some psychic thing, and his his forehead pops a vein. Yeah. Pulses a vein. Doesn't explode. Yeah, a little but... little air bladder vein effect because he's using his psychic evil. It's such nonsense. So it's almost an anthology. The next story is the gang of Return of the Living Dead rejects, (laughs) where they don't at all seem like they're friends. Now, Return of the Living Dead, honestly, they seem like they could be a gang that hangs out together, but they're all in a bad mood. Yeah, which, you know, punks of that time, I mean, it's, you know. It's a statement. It's a way of life. But here, this is such a disparate group of people. Maybe two couples seem like they might hang out. So the older fella, yeah. who is in his late 30s or or his 40s. Old man. And they acknowledge, they acknowledge this hard. <laughs> They go like this is. There's no way this guy would be hanging out with anybody. It's not like he's like a cool old uh, Dennis Hopper type either, who wears cut off jeans jacket. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not Nothing not so much cool River's Edge. Him. It's definitely uh, whose dad is this? Wait a minute. What are we doing now? What are you, man? 
something you're too old to appreciate, huh? So, there's that guy, and then there's the British lady and her guy. I call them the Cassavetes couple, because they... <laughs> <laughs> they have these volatile arguments. Argument. They're bad. It's like community theater doing Cassavetti scripts. <laughs> I think we should go back by the front door. I like this room. I feel safe. You just don't want to do anything that I want to do. Isn't that right? Huh? Uh, right? And, okay, the dialogue and the inflections that they're using, but man, those accents. I mean, it is, you're 100% spot on with just all in community theater well, there. Yeah, David and Adrienne. Mm. Those are, the, Adrienne is the British woman, and David is the guy who's obviously from Staten Island or something. Yeah, they're the, the city folks of the group. Yeah, city folks. Yeah. So you have Professor... Professor Fuddy Dud, uh, or or older businessman. I don't know what his name is. But then you have the Cassavetti's couple. Mm. You have the unfunny Scott Thompson sans vocal lilt. So Scott Scott Thompson is awesome, right? I love Scott Kids Thompson. In the hall, right? He's great. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's wonderful. So, but he can he can do. Scott Thompson is gay, and so he typically has a default slightly gay voice. But then, and, and it's a thing. It is an affect that he has to his voice. Mm -hmm. But when he does his uh, buddy character, <laughs> it's totally turned up and he's very flamboyant and very gay. <laughs> but but this guy reminds me of that kind of flamboyance without the gay. Uh. So it's just this guy who, who's kind of not aware of himself and how obnoxious and flamboyant he is. And without the vest. But he's also... That's, that's a key element, He's also too. straight and he has a puppet. Oh, man, I'm looking for another party. Me too. <laughs> Oh, is he starting with that thing again? Uh-oh, Duke's mad now, Mook. He has a puppet. <laughs> Which he feeds beer because Yeah, but this puppet is gag. made out of, you know what it's made out of? Stockings. <laughs> it's made out of pantyhose. <laughs> did, did you notice? <laughs> I didn't. Did you realize I, that that's the material? I didn't even realize what the puppet was constructed out of. I was just rolling my eyes over every single gag that he would try to make funny. I think I'll go get me another one. Oh, excuse me, guys. I wasn't looking where I was going. I'll be a little more careful. Oh, Adrian. Hello. How are you? It's good to bump into you, too. Hi, Dave. How's your sinuses? Because oh, the comedy so he's... is just the yeah. lowest level of scraping the bottom of easy, terrible humor. So he's the guy in whichever Friday the 13th, you know the one, mm. who is like, I'm the chubby, wacky, funny guy. He's that character they said we have this role, it's, it's written for a fat kid. Oh um, no, the like candy bar six, guy? Three. Yeah, yeah, you're you're six three. <sighs> you're not quite fat, uh, and you have a mustache. Can you play obnoxious though? Yeah, I can do anything. I'm an actor. I could play a tree. Yeah, but um, can I? This is just an actor's choice. Can I have a puppet? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so that guy's really annoying. Oh. Uh, and then there's the buxom woman mm. who. This movie presents itself as if it's going to be an 80s horror movie and, and there's going to be boobs in it. And there's boobs, but they're in a sweater, and that's fine. Yep. That's fine. So they totally went PG with uh, this woman, and it's cool. I'm not saying not, but I'm just saying you set it up like there is going to be, mm -hmm. and then you don't. Including her boyfriend, Duke, the horny ghost. <laughs> Ooh. 
Look at me, I'm Duke the Horny Ghost. <laughs> what do you, you know, it's totally like the kind of Andrew Dice Clay riff that he was going for, a stereotypical, hey, everybody, what's going on? What, you stupid? Let's have a fight. So, But he is also dressed in a sort of space-age tracksuit, a la Michael Jackson, yeah. which is weird because it doesn't fit him because he's not thin enough. He's like a stocky buff dude, so it looks strange on him. <laughs> trash bags if you get a low quality resolution version of this yeah right 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 he's always at odds with the old man Mm -hmm. so there's that one point where they have a fight but which ends gloriously everybody gets separated right Mm -hmm. in all traditional horror movie sense they they get separated in a scooby-doo sort of way weird stuff starts happening around the house because they start messing around with this ouija board yep which is unlike any ouija board that we've ever seen it looks more like a board game yeah it's a weird style with a chaos symbol in the middle and a very odd planchette that points at everything instead of covers what the uh, message is supposed to be so it's i don't know maybe some kind of weird archaic ouija board that they found in an old magic book that they wanted to reproduce but it's very much not parker brothers yeah yeah i only have very brief notes on what that stuff is (laughs) and they're 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 very specific but what do you got well i tried to basically throw down what every creature was that they encountered and i think the first time we actually see anything that could be called a spookies is the little lizard creature from the black lagoon the kind fiji of merman the fiji merman exactly. sir. <laughs> yes it is a fiji merman it's true fiji merman at your service is door-to-door salesman fiji merman here which i'd like to sell you some combs made out of fish bones <laughs> It, Have to keep it on theme. Yeah, it, it kills uh, Adrian's husband and then goes after her. And then she meets up with a tentacle sucking monster that has an open chest with its heart exposed. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the Sinjinor. Mm. She meets up with the prototype <laughs> for the Sinjinor, even though Sinjinor came out before. Before Spookies? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think Sinjinor came out in the early 80s yeah, they, or late 70s even. They, they might have gotten the idea. It doesn't exactly look H.R. Geigery like the Sinjinor is supposed to. Right. But it reminds me of the Sinjinor in that they tried really hard to give it that skeletal I think the shape mecha- of the biomechanical. Yeah. Yeah, the biomechanical shape and everything. And of course, the tube, the tentacle tubey sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. This thing, though, with the mouth that's kind of shaped like an oval that has sort of a sucker on it. Yeah, it has a suck mouth. Yeah. Yes. So they, they decided to get creative. Right. <laughs> So there's that. Which has face-melting lasers. Right. But his heart also glows and it's exposed. Mm-hmm. I don't... Little, uh, maybe that's the E.T. E.T. right there, mm-hmm. I was thinking. <laughs> There's just like, we're going to watch a bunch of stuff and just throw everything we can into these puppets and creatures. You know, I like the glowing heart, but we got to make it evil, like the sequel to E.T. <laughs> but you got to say it when you're holding up Mook the Puppet. Yeah, and speaking through a tube. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it just kind of progresses where after the woman who gets possessed, Carol, I think, is the one who plays with the Ouija board and then her face becomes a monster. The first one to go gets sucked into a grave. But that's a really weak, lazy makeup job. It really is. It's just from the brow to the neck. It's not even behind the ears. It's lumpy. Yeah, 
Like, one of those kind of old 80s latex masks that you just put on with a little bit of uh, spirit spirit gum. Spirit. Or spirit glue, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. She's good to go. Maybe, maybe a little bit of white contact lenses, and boom, there's our big bad. Which I think yeah. what the point was, was that she was supposed to be the big evil character that they had to defeat before the end of the movie. And then when they realized, oh, we don't have enough movie. We still need another <laughs> half hour of content. We need to bring in uh, Mr. Freeze. The old guy. Mr. Creon. Mr. Freeze. Creon. Yeah. Cryogenic on. Yeah, so they have him intercut, actually. So when there are certain scenes, now this is kind of clever, actually. There are certain scenes where they make a comment. Do we ever leave this house alive? And then they immediately cut to Mr. Freeze dude saying, No. Yeah. Just like he's watching a TV show and he knows what's going to happen. It's all it's all reaction until like the last 15 minutes when they try to give him and his frozen bride wife a plot. But no, Okay, now, now the frozen bride wife. Let's cut to that. <laughs> We're going to cut back just like the movie, but let's cut to the frozen bride wife. His whole plot is to sacrifice anybody who was in the house. Yes. And their souls are now going to do what? Uh, feed his power to keep her alive for another 70 years while also creating an army of zombie children? That aren't children, but he calls them children. Yeah, they're just undead that live in the graveyard yeah. outside of the mansion. The only child that they have is a little kid who's dressed up like a Jawa from Phantasm running around with an equally bad makeup job and ridiculous false teeth. Yes. False teeth. And I, are they red or something? They're, <laughs> they're like an off they're yellow really, orange. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're odd and it's it's strange. What's his color? Is he browned or... He's, he's almost know, kind of bluish. Have, kind of like the hue yeah, of some of the zombies thinking, like in the, the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. Kind of the well, he's not blue. as dark as the cat. He's not the, as dark as the cat. No, no, no. The, the cat guy is like a, a dark... Super dark blue. Yeah. He reminds me... Too. The cat guy actually reminds me of Nightcrawler. Yes. From the X-Men series. Yes. Like that kind of dark blue. I agree with you there. Um, it's very much like a so. Nightcrawler wearing a weird, um, I don't know, 50s jacket from like a bad greaser grease knockoff mm -hmm. when yeah. you're when you're a jet Grease. and also a cat kid with michael jackson's bad boots it's a mess it's bad <laughs> i was trying really hard just now to come up with you know i like to come up with the alternate title for a knockoff and i can't off the top of my head grease is already bad enough i think so so to come up with a title that riffs on grease greasy no <laughs> That's stupid. Oil. Yeah. No, that's stupid. Pomade. No, that's stupid. I can't come up with it. I'm sorry I failed everybody. <laughs> Fail. Okay, but oh, um, the his wife, his wife just doesn't want it. <laughs> She's like, even if you keep me prisoner for another seventy years, you'll never have me. He's like, but I do have you. I control your past, your present, and your future. This time. There will be no escape. <laughs> I, think, I think her mood is no. let me go back to sleep and then eventually let me run away and she escapes to the catacombs below the house, which, why not? Yes, which, this is great. It's bad, but it's also awesome and, and awesome, super awesome. Did you did you yet watch The Seventh Curse? Yes, yes, we watched Seventh Curse the other night, which I loved. I had so much fun with that. Isn't it a beautiful thing? Oh, it's it's one of my favorite now, uh, Golden Harvest Chinese so horror good. movies from, from, yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. Now, there's there's a demon monster thing in that, which is hilarious, and it's a puppet, mm-hmm. and it's crap. It's a god-awful piece of mechanical <laughs> puppet The, the one with the crown? That, uh, yeah, w- the one the that's just eyes. moving around, like, yeah. yeah, with his arms, right? I love it uh, so much. The very reactive uh, thing, but this movie also has a demon like that. It has this weird witch puppet like that, yeah. except it's not covered in red goo or anything. Yeah. But they're like kindred spirits in this one scene alone we're in the catacombs where the demon keeps like coming up behind her and then she turns around and it's gone it's just pulling pranks it does like on a her, banshee thing but it's yeah it's this, it's this <laughs> puppet and it's amazing i think puppets are funny a lot of times when they're supposed to not be puppets mm-hmm. and it's really obvious like that they and like they're just an object being moved around the arms are positioned like a tyrannosaurus rex and you can tell somebody's just exactly. grabbing it by the spine and like wait shaving it up and down yeah and so i was thinking <laughs> seventh curse stuff again. yeah yeah i was like seventh curse yeah there yeah anyway <laughs> which you I'm know you can finally watch that movie. You, you can say the uh, argument that both of uh these films uh spookies and seventh curse really try to go all out which with their creature puppets kind of make it into yes. a well eventually eventually they they really do two more that are decent and the best one we'll save for last but mm. the first to the best uh, next is i think the grim reaper which i don't recall how the grim reaper happens i just watched this again <laughs> and i can't <laughs> It's, was it a statue that just turns into... Yeah, it was a statue, but why did the statue do that? It, it happens when Duke and the old man are fighting. And yes, I so there's this fight between Duke. It's supposed to be either because Creon wished it so and wanted death to intervene, or the Grim Reaper figure because it oh like it's like or maybe it was carol speed this up yeah <laughs> let's speed this yeah. up let's get this going let's... get the grim reaper in here <laughs> we we need to kill off another character let's get duke out of the picture let's have old man jump through a door and then we're gonna blow up death we're gonna explode the grim reaper yeah by throwing so, him off of a 10 foot drop in the scene <laughs> where you think that you're gonna get boobs they're in the basement it's prior to this fight a grim reaper thing yeah. you have duke and the hairdresser lady mm-hmm. with the big boobs in the basement she's on the ground she's like Ugh, i'm on the ground i don't want to be on the ground then she's like "Ugh, i just want to lay here and then it's like the same shot in two different dialogue bits and they decided to keep them both <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you have uh it's when you cut a take uh, with Duke's- a retake and say perfect. Yeah, it's a take and a retake. <laughs> uh, and then you have Duke in between those two takes say he's Duke the horny ghost and he puts a sheet over him. And he's goofing off, not paying attention. But so it totally leads up to like they're going to do it and you're going to get to see some 80s boobs. But then from within the ground burst around her head arms of... I, I guess this is also the inspiration for Dogma's crap monster. I can only Kevin imagine Smith. Kevin Smith watch this at some point because there is no way that he's never seen this so these ghouls they're really chunky stocky thick but they also look kind of poopish Mm -hmm. and i think correct me if i'm wrong maybe you know the producers in post-production saw the scene and they were do you know the story because i don't quite they they put fart noises over them Which I can only imagine was a decision made post-production where they thought, you know what, we want to keep things a little bit more fun. Because this is supposed to be a horror comedy and a party movie. Let's have the monsters farting. Do you think it's disrespectful to the scene? (laughs) 
not at all. I think no. I think the intent was in the beginning to have it be a more serious kind of, you know, Ouija board, haunted house, house on haunted hill, party gone wrong, everyone gets killed, and that's the end of the movie. And then they decided, we need to brighten this up a little bit, you know, it'll give the movie some pep. Let's have, even in the beginning, when you see the credits come in and the skull animation, the skull gives a little smile to the audience, just to let you know, this is going <laughs> to be fun. You're going to get to see some fart monsters. <laughs> You well, you do. You do. It's just the most obnoxious uh, fart noises constantly throughout the whole oh, scene. Yeah. Just like I mean, it, it really does make the farting cowboys scene and blazing saddles elevated to high art. Even if it wasn't already. I mean, it's just so bad. <laughs> You're saying this is lowbrow? <laughs> it can qualify. I, I think I, I would say. Yeah. Well, well, I do appreciate some lowbrow, and I did laugh both times. <laughs> it's cheap, and it's so dumb. I did laugh. It's yeah. so ridiculous. This, this is the point where you realize they, they, this is just nonsense. They dilute them. How do you get rid of poop? You just dilute it with liquid wine mm -hmm. in this case. But that's how they get rid of it. But that's a, a scene of note. That's like probably the most notable scene in the film. People, I don't know. I'm I sure. think. Since this is a I cult think people film. really, really like the Spider Woman. I think the death of Rich, well, comedy puppet guy, is the one that a lot of people go back to when they think about this movie. Well, I mean, that's what yeah. I go back to. That's the thing that I appreciate. This is the one that I was holding out for. So we yeah, Reaper, I don't want right? to spoil it. Grim Reaper was a pretty good effect. And we had the mm -hmm. Fiji Merman, which were pretty good effects. And the Banshee Witch Puppet thing. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> Good sculpt, not a good effect. I'll say some good of the sculpt. zombies are pretty good and gooey too. They're not they're not that awful. Oh well yeah, the zombies. There are certain especially when they start showing the zombies. Yeah, like early on. Not not the those, final ten minutes, those, but the ones that are yeah, in the first act. The earlier of the film. on zombies, those makeup are, are actually solid. But there's a scene where what I expected to be a dragon lady mm -hmm. uh, uh, from Golden Child because it's this Asian woman. She's like, come <laughs> with me. I know the way out. I know the way out. And I was like, oh, you're going to go dragon, aren't you? Right. Or is that my my subtle racism? I don't think so because it was prompted by the Golden Child, which already did it. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think that. But I was like, oh, you're going to do the obvious cliche. Oh, they don't. Yeah, they do the Black Widow instead. So it's a yeah. little, little uh, cliche reversal. Now, there's a scene in this scene where puppet dude has like a fulci spider attack which means completely fake spider on him and he freaks out <laughs> super crazy like all it needed was the fabio fritzi music on top of it just the yeah. the funk it's so good so the creature effects in this film they culminate into this scene it's the best creature effects mm -hmm. this is really bizarre bulbous headed her head just keeps getting more and more bulbous and then it splits in the forehead and her shoulders pop out, more lanky spider legs. Yeah, it's kind of like, like her head extends into the egg sac. Like her face or is the head the of the thorax, spider. Right? Or the thorax, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's the thorax and then her face, yes, her face is the head, um, the face of the spider. Mm -hmm. But when she finally kills him, this proboscis pops out and just immediately deflates the guy. <laughs> it's supposed to suck him. It's supposed to like suck him, but he, he deflates. They should have taken a little bit of their time <laughs> on that scene, but they really rushed the deflation of the guy because he's supposed to get all of his juices sucked out, a la like spiders do. Mm-hmm. But and it, it turns out to be a really fun gag. I mean, it's one of those images from the movie that a lot of people 
carry away with them after watching it. And this movie even showed up on, I think, uh, Red Letter Media at one point, which... I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it might have been one of the first times uh, Deborah and I had actually decided to watch it. And that was one of the things that they focused on the most. They were like, ah, all reacting that he immediately gets deflated like a latex puppet. Yeah, which he was, right? Yeah. Well, oh, puppet. Exactly. He was holding a puppet the whole time. <laughs> and now he... He gets deflated like a latex puppet, as you said. Ah, full circle-ish. That's genius screenwriting right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so everybody else, uh, the older fella, mm-hmm. ends up rapidly aging along with the girl that he's with. And so they end yeah, up... Yeah, during the final showdown, which I think they completely intended to be the ending of the film. Yeah. And then they just cut it short. They because... cut that short, but they have the, the mom, Ghost Bomb, ravaged by her zombie kids. Yes, and that's that's what I'm thinking is Ghost Mom and Mr. Freeze were the additional shoots uh, on top sure. of what the film was. Yeah, and if we had gotten the original version, it would have ended with the final confrontation in the altar where the possessed Carol had the Ouija board and the surviving characters became de-aged. But I think the way they edit is just everyone explodes. <laughs> and then the last 13 minutes is Mr. Freeze and his wife and zombies and yeah. cat, so sh- cat guy. Sh- she's running around. She's running like crazy. And it's actually, some of these scenes are pretty good where she's like, yeah. crap, there's zombies. Crap, there's zombies. It's like she's a little football player and dude. She's got the football, and she's got to duck through a bunch of zombie football players. And she does it. She gets away, and then it seems like she's, like, way ahead of them. And then suddenly they're, like, right behind her again. Horror mm-hmm. movie rules, right? She gets into this oh, yeah. car, and this guy's like, Hey, what are you doing in my car? She's like, Yo, sis, please go. And that guy turns into Toonsis. Yeah, driving and he cat. says, I, I've always loved you, too. Rawr! And he turns into the cat guy. <laughs> Toonsis. Yeah, Toonsis. Yeah. The cat. <laughs> Yep. It's an old SNL thing. You people are probably oh, too yeah. young. Not you. I'm talking to the audience. <laughs> I am yeah, actually so... talking to the audience. I'm looking over at them. That's, <laughs> that's the end of the movie, right? Toonses? Mm-hmm. And we, we cut to the first shot of the movie, which is now the end of the movie. The Pulsing Grave, which was an establishing shot. First thing you see. But, uh, why has it been pulsing? Because Mr. Freeze has been in it the whole time, and he jumps out and screams! And then we cut to his kid with the bad teeth, and there's like a little, you know, not a literal wink at the camera, but boom, credits. Right. Now, there is one brief second earlier where a tombstone Mm. pops up out of the ground. Also notable. Oh, yeah. It's just a little thing I kind of liked. I was like, ha! The tombstone popped up out of the ground! That's what happened when I saw it. That's what was going on through my head. I'm like, that's effective. They did that. I'm proud of that one. It's always a fun gag. Yeah. So you know, I, I want to get I want to get your thoughts on the chase because uh, me and Deborah included this movie in our 60 Days of Halloween programming last year when we were doing all of our episodes for September and October. And Spookies has kind of become like uh, an October. We gotta watch it in like the second or third week of the month and just have fun and enjoy ourselves because it's it's too dumb to not love. But the final 10 minute 
bit of her running through the zombies has always been something that we've questioned. Like, did they really let her know what she was going to have to do? Because it doesn't seem like there's much actor's consent with how she's getting torn up in a few of those quick clips. Right. It's a little, uh, see, it's a little extreme. Again, this is, a, I think this is a rated R film or like a non-rated, but it would be rated R. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's unrated or non-rated. Yeah, I'm looking at my copy and it doesn't have a rating on it, so I assume Okay. it was uh, an R or unrated. Oh, now, would this be a VHS copy? Are you, uh, are you that this much This is a, a French DVD copy. Oh. So that was the way that we were able to get it. We bought a uh, French copy titled Les Spooky. <laughs> uh, Version Anglaise. Yeah, it's so good. And then uh, on the back, it's like region one, two, and five. And... <laughs> Horror. Oh, so we are. Uh, <clears throat> You're not saying it right. Oh, well. Oh, well. Grand Guignol. The French love spookies. That's, you know, something. It's an international treasure, this movie. But uh, we had to get it. And it's not a bad, not a bad. Uh, transfer? You know, film film transfer. It's pretty good. Uh, I and see. it's got a little um, behind the scenes uh, photo reel, too. So. The version I that's saw. That's a fun was extra on it. A YouTube. So. Yeah, yeah. Which is there's, a bit there's... vhs -y, a bit muddy. So I, I don't know if I prefer that to a pristine picture. I kind of I would think say it's this is kind of better with a little clarity. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, hmm. you know, just so you see how badly it's done. Well, the chase, um, as you su suggested, we we talk about a little bit more the sure chase. now she's in her negligee and then she gets ravaged like i said so the most notable thing to me was that she was ravaged and at that previously he said these are your children and so i was like what this these are your children is this like your are you saying like she's a surrogate mom pretty sure he's just being figurative these are your children like these are your subordinates sort of thing yeah but like uh, children of the night yeah in dracula they attack her for why? One, that's the first question. Why are they attacking her? Because she doesn't want to be around? It's like family I members. I figured it was to bring her back to the mansion. Yeah. Gotta get her back to the master. So let's bring her back to the mansion instead of slashing at her with our zombie hands. Right? <laughs> like you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, yeah, the most common of plots. So that right there already is problematic, and I don't mean blablomatic i mean just problematic to the script like why aren't you just taking her back why are you just ripping at her so the stuff that i did like though was how the camera work was when she's starting to actually get away from them after she sure. was ravaged because it did remind me of a short film that i was directing that is now a lost short film it's in some pawn shop somewhere somebody stole the video camera that had the tape in it, the master tape. It was oh, no. it was kept together on a hard drive somewhere, and then that hard drive was, was wiped because it was part of a school. <laughs> it's it's a dumb story, but we, I, I had these scenes where we were running through a graveyard, and there were some zombies kind of stepping in the way of the camera. And so some of these scenes in this film reminded me of that because there's some good, clear handheld camera work going on through those right. scenes, and I appreciated this, but. For how long you say? Ten minutes? Oh yeah, because they drop the gang at the 13 minute mark and then we see the conflict where she bursts out of the house and for the last like 10 of the remaining 11 minutes of the movie, it's this chase. So this is the part so, where you can get up and go an to the only, bathroom uh, and get yourself a drink. an hour and 25 minutes too. Get yeah. yourself a drink, get some chips, use the restroom. This is that part and then come back. Get some popcorn for the credits. Yeah, and then eight minutes... <laughs> 
have gone by and you're like, oh, it's still going on. All right. <laughs> oh, now the car. Okay, now. Oh, Toonsis. Okay. Uh, we're done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did you know about the history of this film, though? I didn't know very much about it, other than the fact that there were reshoots and uh, that there were additional scenes cobbled on top of the original plot. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. as for, like, the production or who, you know, this is coming from, I figured it was all just independent. Yeah. I think, well, there is an article out there that I decided to not read, but that mm. digs into it, and I'm not going to give you the information on it right now. But... I'm going to include it in the show notes. That's what I'm going to nice. do. I'll, I'll find that article if anybody's even more interested in it. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's, that's that's the movie. That's our time. It's spookies. With it. Spookies. Now, okay, so the first time it was really, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this? What is happening? That was the first time. This time it was like, oh, God, these guys. Oh, God, what the farts? Uh, what is <laughs> Dr. Freeze! Like, it was all, like, me just naming things this time. (laughs) That's what it was. And yeah, I didn't realize how long that scene was. Maybe just because it seemed like an endless loop anyway of her running. Mm -hmm. But yeah. But Toons is... I'm bringing that one back. Yeah, because, you know, he's, he's in the whole thing. Whenever there's something going on, he's always in the shadows, being the, the master's servant and observing. Yeah. So, would you recommend this film? Uh, to a very select kind of viewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, fans of, like, the old Full Moon Features movies, fans of the old uh, Film of Rage movies. I'm not going to say that, you know, like we mentioned earlier, this is anything in the same ballpark as, like, Troll 2. But I, I would say it's got its merits, and it's definitely one of those kinds of watches that you can have a lot of fun with in a very casual, substance-filled setting yeah i i think this is friends. immensely more watchable than troll 2 sure i i, I can i don't like troll 2 again i love troll 2 I, i've got a lot of love for that from the old hbo days but oh, oh, uh, oh i see I, what you're saying yes i, yeah, I was yeah. there not, not just out of nostalgia but also from revisiting it and you know enjoying just some of the scenes and how absolutely bad they are because it it hits me on a level of humor that i find ridiculous in its absurdity and sarcasm and cynicism and you know and that's stuff that you can't replicate when you try to when you try to make a movie as bad as those yeah it's so sincerely bad you can't Uh, (laughs) you just can't do it so that's that lends the honest bad movie versus the cynically made bad movies and i think this is an honest bad movie too i think spookies is is genuinely and sincerely bad and when it tries it fails miserably uh just because it's tone deaf in what kind of humor it's attempting to you know highlight yeah but the thing is is that there's quality in the movie too like some of these creatures are really good yeah the spider lady most notably yes so you do have a level of you know actual solid work here yep i agree with you so uh a party setting is my favorite way to watch this and i I don't even do parties but you know you have a handful of people over hang out put this movie Mm -hmm. on that's the best way to watch it totally i agree yeah so there's that now mr andrew hawkins Please yes. tell us how to follow you on the internet. 
via Twitter yeah, or so otherwise. So we've got our Freaky Fandoms podcast official site, freakyfandomspc.com. There's a Patreon. Uh, we're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then me personally, it's just Mr. Andrew Hawkins all together, M-R-A-N-D-R-E-W, blah, on all the platforms and easy to find. Google it. Yeah, I was see that was kind of my almost a joke, sort of a joke. Mr. Andrew Hawkins, yeah. tell us how to just put an at at the beginning of Mr. Andrew Hawkins. So mm-hmm. there you go. Well, thank you for very much for being on this show. I really appreciate it. This was a hoot, and yeah, I don't know about a holler, but it was a hoot definitely. And this is I our did have a great time. Episode, this is a lot of fun. The one spooky episode this year. So fare thee well, all. Thank you and. Have seasons greetings, I suppose. Like is Halloween seasons greetings? Uh, yeah, I suppose. It's appropriate. So. All right. Happy Halloweens. Good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome.